Come on, people. This is good stuff. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> Between Sundays, I'm Tyler, and today I am on the beach, making my heart tender, compassionate, and sunburned. The good news is that this episode is brought to you by last week. (laughs) Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? I'm looking for some fellowship in the spirit, so let's welcome in our favorite co-hosts who are doing their very best to make me truly happy. Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. We are time traveling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by last week. I'm stunned. What? Because we just watched you write that intro. Like, <laughs> yeah. We yeah. just That just unfolded before our eyes. I think this is yeah. a spiritual gift that yeah. you have. Seriously. It's, uh, it's a blast. I love doing it. Podcast intro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some that's, have been given the gift that's of- That's why I get the big bucks. <laughs> gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues and the gift of writing podcast intros. Yeah, man. Tyler Bender. So let's explain what's happening. We are gone. Yeah. We are not. Well, I don't know about you guys. Marin's here. I am I'm here. I'm out of town on Monday. I and am that's here. Why... I am fully immersed in Grace Kids Camp. Yep. There Grace Kids Camps is is uh, live and well this week. Marin's attending and participating. Barry, Barry and I are like, we've scattered all over the country. <laughs> so we're just, we're just imagining where we'll be next week, right? Yeah. Okay. So I have developed, super, <laughs> I've developed superpowers yep. and, uh, I've become a crime fighting, uh, superhero. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. We it's can say whatever yeah, you can we totally. want. What are you doing, Marin, in the future? I am in, um, let's see the Amalfi coast of Italy. Okay. Um, Whoa. Eating seafood. Right. Looking on. over at the sea. That's nice. Eating seafood. All of the seafood. Feed me. <laughs> what kind of seafood are you eating? Hey, I don't discriminate. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll eat it all. All right, so the real deal is we're going to, Barry and I are out of town or gone. Yeah. And so we did not want to drop the ball and not publish a Between Sundays episode because we are in the throes of Bible studying together and we did not want to abandon the friends of the pod who are listening to hear the worlds of the text. And so today we are going to make this a short and sweet episode, but uh, we're going to dive deep into Philippians chapter two. Yeah. Verses one through 11. That's the passage yep. that is, will have been assigned to the congregation <laughs> by the time they listen to this. So from now on guys, let's just talk as if, as if we are, in we next are, week. we are present <laughs> in the week that we are talking about. All right. I'll yep. do my very best. I'm a little tired, but I'll do my best. Oh, yeah, Marin. All right, before we get <laughs> before we get there, we need to address some things. Marin's had a busy week that just made her life incredibly busier. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about this? What's happening? Um, there was an audition. Yep, Mary Poppins auditions were last week. Were last week, and because we're in the future, we're in the future, <laughs> in the future now. Yeah. I okay. will know whether or not I made it to the cast. But because we're actually not in the future, I don't know. Okay, so you this had is hard, you guys. <laughs> yeah, seriously. This is really hard, you guys. <laughs> uh, so you had two nights yes. of auditions last week, and they were full nights. They were sitting around, reading scripts, dancing. Oh, just watching. It's so cool to be able to sit in the room and watch. Yeah you know, adult after adult and child after child, like audition for these roles. And mm-hmm. were you auditioning yourself? So here's the thing, y'all. My daughter wanted to be in this play. Okay. My, my 13 year old. Um, and actually before we ever came 
before I accepted a position here at Grace Church, and I'm kind of considering all the avenues and what's what's this church going to mean to my son? What's it going to mean to my husband? Mm-hmm. What's it going to mean to my daughter? Theater, arts, and having a church that values the arts as much as Grace does mm-hmm. was just big time, huge uh, in yeah, I've, I've got to do this for Des. This is going to be so good for my girl. So this was her first time auditioning for a musical. Um, and she just was soaking in every moment of, I mean, just, she was nervous enough about her own little audition. Yeah, um, and honestly, I, I honestly can tell you, I, it's, we don't know yet. The, the cast list hasn't been posted. So I don't know if she made it. I don't know if I made it. I honestly don't know. Well, um, we do know. I don't know. We do because it's Tuesday of, of this week. We are very, according to listeners. This is the most mind bending, confusing. This is hard. Episode. This this is hard. This is really hard. You guys. so by this point, <laughs> where listeners are listening to this, we do know who's in the cast because we don't want listeners to think that they still don't know if they audition themselves. Okay, I see what you're doing there. This is like yeah. a public service announcement. Yeah. Okay. So the the cast has been published, <laughs> but as of right now, Desi doesn't know. As of Thursday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but like, because this was her first time auditioning, getting to see how it's done by such stellar actors and actresses, vocalists and dancers, it was so much fun. So, I mean, it didn't even matter that we sat there for two hours or however long it took. It was fun. That's cool. And just having stuff to talk about with her. Did you see that? Wasn't it amazing when she did that? And yeah, so much fun. So much fun. I, I popped in for, I don't know, half hour or something. And Desi, you and Desi were there and Ephraim, the worship leader in North Indy, uh, was in the middle of his audition Yes, and he was singing, um, dear Evan Hansen song, Mm -hmm. which I, I know nothing about. I've just heard the one song that we did at grace once here Mm -hmm. and twice we did it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he's up there singing and Desi is sitting in the audience watching him and she's like, she's got every word. Yeah memorized and she's like coaching him from her seat. <laughs> she was trying to feed him the words. She's like mouthing the words really big so he can like see what the words are if in case he forgets. It was, it was fun. really fun. It was that's fun. so cool. Yeah. It was cool. a good um good time. And then so that's parts of your week and then Oh yeah. Then I found out this is uh this is a morning we're recording this and so I found out you were in, in the Chicago. Yeah. At the United Center. Last night. Yes. What is happening? Road Warrior. Yeah. So what happened? So this is how, this is how it went down. I woke up yesterday and at some point in the morning, I saw on my social media feed, a friend of mine that posted Paul Simon was playing his final show in Chicago. So this is his, wait for it, Homeward Homeward Bound Farewell Tour. Is he from Chicago? No. No. Okay. He's so his final tour or this is his actual final show? Final tour. I think his final, final show will be in his hometown of New York. Oh, oh gotcha. Um, but this was by far my last opportunity to see him. And as my husband can attest, seeing Paul Simon has been on my like absolute must list for years now. Years. He's come through Chicago before and, you know, we're, you know, family with young kids and, you know, struggling to make ends meet. And it just wasn't really time to your, your kids aren't, money aren't and, huge Paul Simon fans. Well, or are they, or are they? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the worst part of the story. So basically I was, I was overwhelmed with like frenzy, like something snapped 
Mm-hmm. Like, no, something broke off in my brain. Like, and for the rest of the day, it was just rattling inside the four walls of my head. Like, I've got to see Paul Simon. I, <laughs> I missed out on Tom Petty. I missed out on Bowie. I missed out on Prince. I will not lose Paul Simon. Wait, you just listed a bunch of dead people. Precisely. And he- Is he, is he well? He's, he's old. He's incredibly well. I can't. Okay. That's part of what made last night so magical. He's 76 and yeah. dancing and not missing a word. He did not have, and his songs are very wordy, very, very wordy. He didn't have a, a music stand in front of him. All those words, he just retains them. Not only that, but his dexterity and the way that he could still play and command an audience of about 12,000. Wow. It was bonkers. So you thought to yourself so yesterday morning, yes. I need to buy myself a ticket <laughs> and leave my family behind. No. no. So I called Jed and, I, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, man, how is he going to receive this? So I called him and I'm like, you know, there's something I need to do. <laughs> You know that this has been. Chad, we gotta talk. This has been on my bucket list for so long, and he knows. Like he, yeah, he knows. So he can't say no. He could. Um, And anyway, my daughter had a an an engagement she needed to get to last night, so that was the hitch. Like, Mm. hey, I want you to come with me. It'd be super cool if you can come with me if you want to. He's not the biggest Paul Simon fan, Um, but Desi had somewhere she needed to be, so he said, "Why don't you just go?" And I'll take Des to her thing. So I'm like, cool. So I bought myself a ticket. Um, and they were really inexpensive. Like my ticket was like 35 bucks before taxes, maybe a little over 40 Because it after. was the day of the- Because it was the day off <laughs> okay. and like StubHub and whatever. Literally 11 minutes before the show. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found my ticket, my one ticket. <laughs> and I drove myself there. Um, but somewhere in the midst, Jed was like, you didn't even think to take Jaden? And no. I'm like, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was just, I was in such a frenzy. I didn't even. Tough break, Jaden. It's bad. So I woke him up this morning and I didn't, at first I didn't want to say it because I thought like what he doesn't know won't hurt him. But I was like, hey, dude. <laughs> Someday he's going to find yeah. out that you went all the way to Chicago last night. <laughs> do, um, do, you guys, do you guys know where I went last night? And they were both like, yeah, you went to see Paul Simon. And Jaden was like silent. A single tear. Silent. And I was like. Death stare. Are, are you upset? And he's like, "Well, sort of." Oh, whoops. I'm like, I thought, I thought. He's like, I like Paul Simon. I, I said, I thought that that was someone that I like made you listen to. Like, as you know, parents are like, listen to this bass line. You know, listen to this guitar riff, son. And I've yeah. done this countless times throughout his life. So I thought that that was just something that I kind of put on him. But no, he loves world music of all kinds, and that's mm-hmm. half of you know, what makes Paul Simon's career so incredible that he was Mr. Folk guy, you know, writing beatnik folk songs and then somewhere just took a turn and started absorbing all these different musical styles from around the world and turning them into massive pop hits. So what time did you get home? Three and did Or did you just drive straight here to record the podcast? (laughs) thought about that. I was weighing all my options. I'm like, I could crash at my parents' house, get up at four, drive straight to church and be here in time to do the pod. Or if I have the energy, I could drive straight home from United Center, um, get a couple hours of sleep and be here for the pod. And I just, I couldn't, I didn't bring a change of clothes. So I really couldn't picture myself doing like the walk of shame and coming in here and being like, Hey guys, you could have slept here. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think you know what jammies are. 
Where did How that in the come world? from? What? Tyler, you're getting really disturbingly good at wow. this. But Amy said it. Yeah. And it was applicable. And yeah. you knew what button to press. Yeah. That was or incredible. Or maybe he shaped the conversation just so, so he could use that he could use that, that one, that one clip. Uh, oh, It was man. worth it, though, I, I sense. Oh, my gosh. I'm still floating. Okay. I'm still, still floating. It was unbelievable. Great. Unbelievable. I was sandwiched in between people I did not know. And at some point, the person to my left, after the show, he ended with the sound of silence. You could hear a pin drop in the room. It was amazing. And she turns to me and she's like, are you on that podcast? No, 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 no. (laughs) She was, she didn't know me at all, but she's like, I'm so glad you were able to make it. So then I was, "Ah!" I told her the whole story and then this happened and then I told my husband, I have to do this. And then I came and yeah. It was worth every Fast friends. second. Wow. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. Okay. So you're in a great mood to talk about Philippians. I am. Cool. So this week, well, actually we've, we, uh, let's talk about, um, the Facebook live stuff for a second. Yeah. By the time this publishes, we will have done two, two yeah. rounds of it. Barry, yeah. how do you sense things are going? It's hard to say since I don't <laughs> know how the second one's going to go, but the first one, uh, was, Cool. I mean, we had, I think something like 570 something people checked it out right? And about, live live and about 160 people kind of, that was the average sort of water level of people yeah. who were staying logged in. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think now there's up to 2,500 views yeah. of the video. So a good number of people are checking it out. Um, it was cool. I learned a few things about how mm-hmm. to how to not bore people or like just stare <laughs> silently at the screen waiting for people to type in. So what do you guys think? Tick. Yeah. Tick. I didn't realize, Tick. I didn't realize there was, a, there's a delay in what people are seeing of me as well as the delay of them then like pulling up their phones and yeah, actually yeah. typing something. So I'm going to have yeah. to fill this space a little better next yeah. time. And uh, there was a little appearance at the very end of my rabbit Humphrey mm-hmm. and um, people, some people. Was it a hit? Kick out of that. Oh yeah. All right. People, gave, I, people dig Humphrey. People talk to me about Humphrey. Well, he's he's a very famous rabbit. <laughs> and if you are somebody who doesn't know what we're talking about, every Tuesday morning throughout the series, BYOB, Bring Your Own Bible, Barry will be on Grace's Facebook Live. Yep. And uh, kind of- 7.30 a.m. 7.30 a.m. Spending about 20 minutes just interacting with folks about uh, scripture for the week. And he'll, he'll kind of give- um, his thoughts on the worlds of the text, the world behind of and uh, in front of the text, and then ask questions. What are you guys learning? Um, what questions are you, or what observations are you making about this particular passage? And I thought it was cool. I, I, I really enjoyed watching everybody kind of chiming in and yeah, it was fun cool. stuff and serious stuff. And yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping that people will like enjoy and kind of get more into the whole interaction thing. Yeah, um, people will. I, I really like when they're interacting with each other and, you know, and I'm not even necessarily, they're not even necessarily writing mm-hmm. something. So I will see it, but they'll interact with yeah. each other. It's like a shared experience, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So, and so this week's <clears throat> passage that we're talking about and focusing on collectively as Grace Church is Philippians chapter two, verse one through 11. So yeah. let's spend the rest of our time just talking about this particular passage where it's come from or where it came from, the world behind uh world of, and uh, sure. maybe a little bit of world in front of the text I'm, here. I'm excited about this right here because I, I told you earlier, Barry, I would read this passage and think, hmm, unity. I know what that means. You know, this would be yeah. one of those passages that I would read and just automatically assume that I I, I got a really strong grasp on this one. So yeah. I'm really excited to see uh, 
what what you're going to kind of use to kind of illuminate this scripture mm-hmm. for me. Well, same for you guys. Like like I said on the last podcast, I really think um, interpreting scripture together is mm-hmm. really, really valuable because each one of us is going to see different things, notice different things. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's important for for me to have like additional resources. And so when I read this mm. passage the past few days in preparing for this podcast and just preparing for the, the week ahead, I purchased uh, something that's called like Philippians for everyone. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that this is a kind of a resource that we're referring to and suggesting and recommending yeah, there's uh, a on copy. the fringes of the sermon series. But right. um, there, it, there's going to be a copy of that whole commentary series yep. for everyone series, as well as like a cultural backgrounds Bible and a study Bible for people to use at each one of the campuses during any time the the doors are open, people can come in and use them. So at least yep. to get a taste of what these totally. are like. And so I was reading this and it's, it's, it's written and published by N.T. Wright. And I was reading this for this passage in particular, and I learned like seven new things yeah. about the world behind the text. Wow. And uh, I learned that this is a poem or yeah. probably, or people think it's a poem or a song or something. And I learned what where Philippi is and the culture of um, that part of Greece mm. and how it was a Roman colony. And so like stuff that I'm not picking up if I just like, read my Bible yeah. every day, uh, at, at like face value. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing a little extra digging and it didn't take much more time because yeah. it's the book, uh, Philippians for everyone's about nine pages or something. It's like right. really small and thin and it's really digestible for everyone. Right. And so they've really, they've really boiled it down in an incredible way where they, they don't leave you, you know, short change. Yeah. They give you the, the meat. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're someone like me, who's like, what am I doing? What am I reading? I, I have no idea how to determine worlds of the text. Yeah. I highly recommend getting the for everyone commentaries or series um, because it, it's been a huge help for me. So let's, let's quickly dive into, or Barry, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just start with world behind and talk about yeah. some of our observations? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Um, like like you mentioned, there's this whole thing about it being a poem or a hymn. Um, and the the thing is, we from what I have been able to understand from all the commentaries I've looked at, there's not a real great consensus on exactly what this was or how it was used or when it came to be. Um, some people will say that this was a, a hymn that was sung maybe in the early church as a part of worship. Uh, some people say that this was something that Paul wrote in this letter that he just came up with. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people would say that it was an existing hymn that Paul added to, Mm. Uh, but there's just, there's no real, no one knows. There's no way to really know. Um, Regardless, this hymn, and this is maybe not the world behind the text, but this hymn became one of the most significant um, pieces in the dialogue about the divinity of Christ and the whole concept of the Trinity for like the early church after after uh, the New Testament was written, people went to this passage a lot because it talks about Jesus being God, but somehow emptying himself of his divinity. And so it, it there's yeah, people today yeah, even yeah. still who are still talking about what exactly does that even mean and how yeah. does that work? And so, um, so that's, that's one aspect. What, what other things did you notice? Well, my question is if this is a poem or a hymn and I don't know that it's a poem or a hymn, yeah. what does that say about the, author 
Say You're what? saying, no, he's criticizing Paul's I know he is. poetic abilities. <laughs> That's so. why I'm looking at him like this. <laughs> All right. So if this is a poem, and I don't know it's a poem until N.T. Wright tells me this is a poem. Because it doesn't rhyme? What, yeah, is that because why? it doesn't rhyme. Like, Paul's not known for his, like, haiku. My goodness. <laughs> or You're sonnet. reading this in a different language. <laughs> I'm sure it was very eloquent when he first was penning these words. Like, I know Paul won Bible character craziness <laughs> and all that stuff back in March, but. And for some reason, you are not a fan. Are you a fan I of like Paul? I like Paul. Yeah, I like, I'm reading his biography. N.T. <laughs> <laughs> Wright wrote a biography. It says Paul, a biography. So I'm currently reading this on the beach right now as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Literally as we speak. And so, uh, yeah, I like Paul. But if I don't know it, because I read it and I was like, oh, that's cool. Why is it indented weird in my Bible? And then N.T. Wright tells me, oh, this is maybe a poem or oh, a wow. hymn or something. It is not indented weird in my right. Bible. Right. Some, some Bibles indent it. Some yeah. Bibles don't. Mine does. So it, and looks, so it looks more like a poem. I'm like, what does that say about the poet if I don't know that this is a poem? I don't know what it says. It <laughs> okay. says that that poet, that poet was writing in a, in a different world yeah, than you. For yeah. sure. All right. So <laughs> the world behind the text, something I learned is Philippi's in Greece. I did not know that. Maybe you guys did. But the important part of this for me is that Philippi was a Roman colony. Mm, Like there's a bunch of Roman soldiers currently colonizing Philippi in Greece. And so um, they were, he taught, Paul talks about his, his journey to Philippi in Acts, right? And yeah. Okay. So these colonists apparently loved being from Rome and they wanted their lives to uh, resemble life in Rome as close as possible. And so, because it's the mother city or whatever, right? Yeah. Is that what they called it? I don't know. I don't know about that. But, uh, but the, the bad news is they decided that like Caesar was going to be worshipped as divine. Right. Like Augustus Caesar, Julius Caesar. Um, mm. So the bad that's the bad news. So this church sprouting in Philippi is under this or in the this culture where Caesar is worshipped as divine. And here comes Paul. He's in jail. And he's like, let me tell you about divine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, and you know what they would say, what everybody would go around saying, what Caesar is Lord. Right. Mm. So look at verse, look at verse 11. What does it say? What does it say? It says, it says, uh, God gave, well, verse nine, God gave yeah. Christ the name above mm. all other names, dot, dot, dot. And every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yep. Every time. So that's going to be a problem in Philippi yeah. for the culture. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty politically charged thing to say. Yep. When Caesar is supposed to be Lord and you're saying, Mm-mm, no, no, it's Christ. So they these people literally viewed Caesars as God. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. That it was the, the way, one of the ways that the Caesar would uh, achieve a level of kind of immortality was to have statues of himself placed in all these colonies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, people would, would worship it and, and they would allow other gods to be worshiped. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like, yeah, worship your gods, but Caesar's also a God. Yeah. So we worship him as well. And, and Alexander the great was like a couple years, hundred years before this, uh, it was like 300 years before. Okay. So he was like, if we're talking about kings, people conquering the world are like 
as close to divine as you can get in cultures like this, right? Yeah. And so Paul's coming in and saying, eh, actually, humility and unity, that's mm-hmm. what makes you divine. Right. Mm-hmm. right. That's, and, that's and, crazy. That is like, I think I have forever overlooked mm-hmm. this part of this, like the, the importance of this. Right. And so like for 2018 version of me reading this, talking about humility and unity, I'm like, yeah, yeah that's nice. That's nice. But back then that was like, off with their heads. Yeah. If you're talking about that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, because we've talked about this on the pod before, but today, humility, we call that a virtue. Yeah. But that was not a virtue no, in the ancient world. No, weakness, probably. And, yeah. And I, I read something which was interesting. There's a um, oh, another kind of contrary concept that people would actually aspire to. And in, in Latin, it was dignitas, dignity. It was when you're, if you are in a mm. Roman colony, for example, if you're in Philippi, you want to get as much dignity as you can. You want people to like honor your name on plaques mm-hmm. and things for for being such a great patron, for building the great Colosseum, all the things that your city wants. Like there there are plaques that we have today, like people mm-hmm. still have of uh, Roman citizens that that were generous patrons and they helped to um, build these great grain silos to help the city through a famine. And so they've become like, they've got dignity and power and everybody wants that esteem. Mm -hmm. That was part of the sort of the whole world. Yeah. Uh, And so for, for Paul to say that we should have humility and not just that, but humility, like, like Christ. And then he basically explains how his humility is the most extreme type of humility that he was literally God Mm -hmm. and died as a human on a cross like that, that is the most, you can't make a farther uh, leap from, from dignity to humility than that. And that's the attitude that we are supposed to have. Yeah. I'm, I'm struck that, you know, what you were saying about the culture at the time, Rome, um, you know, Caesar is Lord, all, all of that. He's talking about humility, but like we just mentioned, he had to be so bold to say that, to say Jesus is Lord um, yeah. in a climate where the catchphrase was Caesar is Lord. Um, and it's just kind of it's just kind of making me realize all the more that humility and boldness are complementary virtues. Hmm. Yeah. And and then I have to stop and I have to chew on that and I have to think about that for a while. Totally. I, I, side, Explain what you mean. Side tangent. I watched, um, I listened to the podcast that is linked to the Bible slash page. Oh no, not this again. The Bible project. Oh no. You listened, you listened to the Bible project podcast. That is what I did. (laughs) Yes. And it was talking about, um, the Bible slash page. It was the one about meditation. Okay. Oh, Jewish meditation literature. The Bible as Jewish meditation literature. Yes. Yes. And, um, there was a, a portion of it where they were talking about what that word is. Um, is it, I don't know if it's in Hebrew or Greek. Um, but that it's like a, it's like a chewing, it's almost like an audible noise. Meditation. Hmm. We think of meditation as like quiet and inward and silent. Right. But that the word for meditation is uh, ascribed many times to animals, like what a bear like, does over his prey when a bear catches his prey and then he's like chomp, chomp, hmm. narf, narf. You or know, like a like, cow, maybe like a cow chewing its cud kind of or, well, or something different. I don't know. In the podcast, it specifically referenced a bear over his prey hmm. and um, like a... <laughs> a dove cooing, but either way that these were like audible sounds. He's Mm. like, and there's something powerful about squirrel noises. Tyler. Chomp, chomp. (laughs) Wow. Narf, narf. Um, There's something powerful about reading the word out loud. 
mm. even when you're by yourself. Yeah. Um, and so because this is now kind of the thought that's coming to my mind, humility and boldness, you know, they almost seem like they're, they're counter. Mm -hmm. um, how can you be humble? Like Jesus, you know, went to the cross so humbly, he didn't even offer a word in his own defense. How can humility and boldness coexist? But we're seeing it here. Yeah. How are they complementary values? Well, um, so okay. I would have to stop and chew on it like, you know, like a dove cooing, like a medit, yeah, like a meditating, like a meditating. Narfin. I, think, I think what that, what that podcast did was it gave me a deeper understanding of what it means to meditate on mm. scripture. Mm. It's not just reading it, being quiet for a little bit, letting it sink in and moving on. But it's like an active, you know, involvement that might even mean I read it out loud and it might mean I read it out loud again and again, Yeah, you know, um, well, yeah. the, the more you read through the, the poem part of this six through 11 versus six through 11, you see, I see what you're saying about humility and boldness going hand in hand or, or being complimentary because um, mm -hmm. you, you see the idea of, yeah, Jesus went to the cross, he humbled himself, but he wasn't a doormat in that. Mm -hmm. This was all a conscious choice. This was something that he willingly did. And when you read, uh, read this, you realize that all of this was intentional on his part. He didn't fall from heaven and, and you know, get killed by humankind because he was, you know, he wasn't able to control. No, he, this was intentional. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting when you, let's shift to like the world of the text. When you kind of compare some of the things that, um, that Paul is doing here, comparing this, the context is all about living together as a, as the church and having unity. And, and really what he's saying is you all need to have radical self-giving love for one another. You need to die to yourself. You need to lift other people up. And he's like, in fact, you should do it the same way that Christ did it, which is sort of this bold humility that, yeah. that you're talking about. Um, yeah. So one of the things that really got me thinking, um, and we're talking world of the text here. Um, if you look at verses seven and eight, there are these three lines, at least in mind there, since they're, um, it says, verse seven, it says, he gave up his divine privileges, A, he took the humble position of a slave, B, and was born as a human being, C. I think if you look at the next three lines, that they are actually mirrors of that. Like uh, it says, he gave up his divine privileges and down below it says he appeared in human form. I think those are kind of uh, complimentary. Number two, he took the humble position of a slave, and then it says he humbled himself in obedience to God. There's humility, humility. Mm -hmm. And so, and then the third one is he was born as a human being. And the third one is he died on a criminal's death on a cross. Being born as a human being means you're born mortal. Mm -hmm. And so the death was a part of that mortality. So I don't know. I, I'm yeah, seeing so what's a connection. That mean? So what that, well, who knows what it means? All I'm saying is what I'm, <laughs> what I'm seeing here is if that's true, if these three yeah. lines are meant to be, if it, in Hebrew poetry, it would be called synonymous parallel parallelism mm -hmm. where you're like repeating an idea and putting it in different words, mm -hmm. then that means that by taking the humble position of the slave and comparing that to humbling himself in obedience to God, I've never thought about this, but in some ways Christ, God himself became a slave of God, mm. which I don't even know what that means or how that's possible, yeah. but that just that idea of becoming a slave to himself in some sense, or bond servant, a bond servant, that? a servant. Yeah. Someone who's a choice. He, sure. Sure. Yeah. But I mean that in the context, the world behind 
slavery was something you could choose to be a part. You could choose to opt into. So he's in some sense choosing to become, I don't know. It's like one of those things where I've, that's what I'm chewing on right now. Cause I've never noticed that before. And suddenly the, the humility of, of Christ somehow putting himself in the position of a slave to God, to himself brings the whole idea of, of the son of God to a whole new level for me. Anyway, that probably is way beyond what we need to get into, but like, that's crazy. Um, Here's another, another real world of the text kind of thing. So when you see in verse two, it says working together with one mind and purpose, there's a word there. And the, the word routinely is something along the lines of like to set your mind on something. It's like a way of thinking, a way of perspective. And I do something where sometimes I'll put in a verse and I'll, I'll, you type in the verse like Philippians two, two and lexicon. If you just Google that, it'll bring up like the original Greek. Now this, I'm not suggesting that you should do this all the time, but every now and then you can actually see what that word was in Greek, Mm -hmm. click on it and it'll show you all the Mm -hmm. places where that specific word is used. And what, where can you do this? Like just Google it, it's on like Bible hub or I'm not sure <laughs> oh, the internet. Yeah. One of those places, just Google. I always just Google it. And it comes, the first option is always, I think it's like either Bible hub or something okay. like that. But yeah, Bible um, hub's good. I use that a lot. Yeah. So what I discovered is that this particular verse is used a bunch in Philippians. In fact, he uses, or not verse, this particular word of, mm-hmm. of setting your mind. He uses it um, 10 times in the book of Philippians or this for this word or, or a word like it. And, um, the same, the same one is what it says when it says the same attitude that Christ mm-hmm. Jesus had in verse five, that's mm-hmm. the same word to set your mind. And he uses it multiple times. And, uh, in verse four or sorry, chapter four, he's talking about, uh, these two people, Yodia, Udia and Syntyche or something. He says, now I appeal to them, please be because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. What, what that actually is in, in Greek is like set your minds together in the same way. It's the same word as working together with one mind and purpose. So it's possible that Paul is in this whole Philippians two, he is appealing to them to do something that they need to do because there's already, there's some kind of rift in the church. These two people are having a beef. They're fighting with each other. And so he's, he's appealing to them, set your minds to one thing. Like, like, and, and when they, when they hear that, they're immediately going to think of two chapters before where he says, set your minds to one mind and one purpose, Mm -hmm. set your mind, just like Christ. Here's what that Mm -hmm. looks like. So I don't know. This is, this is to me, it's interesting to realize that he talks a lot in Philippians about setting your mind, set your mind, set your mind. Mm -hmm. There's this active choice of how you are going to see the world, how you're going to, um, yeah. So, yeah. And so when you're saying that I'm thinking, okay, um, he's pro he's in jail, right? Yeah. He's in jail by this time and he's writing this, set your mind, set your mind. And, and we just talked about the culture where it's like, there's probably a lot of haters from the Roman colony, Greece or Philippi haters walking around and you know, what will show them that you're not scared of them is by being unified and setting your mind to like, that there's no dissension that, that you are like stronger when you're setting your mind yeah. like Christ. And this will show the haters or the people that are calling Caesar Lord, that we're not scared of you. Like we're, 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 we're unified and we believe this and this makes us stronger together. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's part oh, of his motivation. Absolutely. You know? He, cause he keeps talking in, in Philippians about like standing strong, being unified so that you mm-hmm. can make it 
and you can, and you're not going to be knocked down by all the, all the trouble that will come. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's totally, it's about endurance. It's about mm. sticking with it. Here's a, a cross reference. Cause I love to do that. Like when, when you were talking about this passage, it brought me uh, to Romans 12 verse 16 and Paul wrote Romans as well. Correct. True. Yeah. Okay. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Oh, wow. And don't think you know it all. Um, I like the way the NIV puts it. That was the NLT. The NIV says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Mm. Do not be conceited. Mm. So he's, this is a theme. It's a big deal. In, in, a Roman, in the Roman world, this is, yeah, this is a big deal because everyone wants to do the opposite. They want to associate themselves with those who have status and those who have power. And he's saying, no, in fact, you need to spend time with people who don't who don't have yeah. any, can't, can't help you rise the social ladder. How, how do these people know who he is? Who Paul is? Yeah. So Paul visited these cities. Like he visited okay. Philippi multiple times. So he's times. got a relationship with them. He's not missionary. Just like, right. Yeah. So like he established the church at right. Philippi. Oh, he did. In, in yeah. like a previous okay. missionary came, journey. Right. He came in and likely went to the, the Jewish community that was there. Cause the Jewish community was everywhere because of the exile. They were spread all over mm -hmm. the Roman world. So he mm -hmm. would go there, start building relationships with the Jewish leaders, start building relationships with the Greek leaders and like just built okay. up other people and helped train pastors. And, and so they definitely know who he is. Absolutely. So he's like, got a relationship with them. Okay. So he was itinerant. I mean, just moving around, moving around. Do you think a church was ever like, man, do you think we can come? Do you think Paul would be our head pastor? Yeah. Can we hire <laughs> him we to be our senior Paul pastor? To stay here. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And can yet he's a pastor of outreach. Yeah. <laughs> And yet he's constantly on the move because he knew that his his mission was very specific. And it, ultimately he realized his mission was to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, yeah. which was the the new, that was a big twist in sort of the way that the, the early church had gone. Um, can I show you one other little technique? I'm going to talk yeah. about this on the Facebook Live. Every week I'm going to try to give like one little tip of just yeah. something. You, you already can... did talk about this. Oh yes, Facebook as Live. I talked about on Tuesday morning. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> um, so one of the things, and you mentioned it, <clears throat> you already mentioned like multiple versions, Marin. Mm -hmm. When you uh, read a passage, if you really want to dig into a passage, and this is a great example of it, reading it in multiple versions, like the, the New Living Translation, the New International Version, the... Uh, new revised standard version, like there's a bajillion of them. If you read it in different versions, when there is a, a something that's disagreed upon by scholars or something that's that's a little bit um, uncertain or whatever, you'll often find very different translations uh, in multiple versions. And all this really does is it kind of highlights for you, oh, there's something going on here that I could go look up. I could go ask more questions about. So for example, uh, if you look at uh, Philippians 2 verses 6, <clears throat> Here's three different versions. I'm, I'm going to read each line and I'll compare the three. There's the New Living Translation, which is what we use here at Grace, the New International Version, which is very um, popular and common, and the New Revised Standard Version, which is very dry and technical, and it's what I use for seminary. Um, <laughs> but So it's not like a good read, but it's it's probably closer to original languages sometimes. So um, like NLT says, though he was God, NIV says who, being in the very nature God, and NRSV says, who, though he was in the form of God. So, okay, right off the bat, we're like, okay, that's different. The second line, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. NIV did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And NRSV did not require, or did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Whoa, time out. Is that, 
because my version says, <laughs> do it uh, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Go ahead, New King James. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> New King James. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Dancing and then, about that. And this is and this one is really uh, interesting. the The last line that I'll that I'll look at seven. The first part of seven is instead. NIV, uh, NLT says he gave up his divine privileges. NIV says he made himself nothing. And NRSV says, but emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. Okay. So what you've got are, are different. Are you kidding me? <laughs> different versions <laughs> with very, very different interpretations of what this means. And so when you start digging in, you realize that um, some of the words that Paul used here are not used really other places in the New Testament. And so it's hard to compare them to other contexts. And so uh, scholars have to do a little bit of more research to try to figure out what he's getting at. And uh, so they'll have to look at other things mm. that were written in Greek and like at the time to see how other people use the word. And um, the one of the words, the uh, verse seven, where it says he gave up his divine privileges and in, in it's really, it's a word that um, the root is kenosis and, uh, and, like nobody knows what it means. It's like, it's like an emptying of yourself. But so that's why you'll see people say like emptying himself, but, but it somehow carries way more, way more than just that. And so they do their best to try to figure out how to, how to describe that. Anyway, it's just interesting. If you do that, if you read these different versions, you'll realize like, mm -hmm. okay, something's going on here. This mm -hmm. is something to take note of. Maybe I'll go look for answers to but this. But they're all essentially saying the same thing. Yeah, to to a degree, they're all suggesting that Christ, in some way, lowered himself or mm -hmm. emptied himself. But but what that means and exactly how you would describe that in English is where translations all kind of go different directions. Because mm -hmm. they like every translation you read is trying to help you with the least amount of effort possible understand what Paul was saying. But because we've got this world in front of the text of so many years of cultural change and things like that, uh, any, and, and the loss of like human language doesn't have great fidelity. If you, if I say mm -hmm. something to oh, you, sure. you're going to have your own understanding right? of that word. That's and, whack. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I, that's why I think the, the NLT is such a good translation is because in our current modern world, it does a really good job of, kind of helping you get what Paul was actually saying without getting hung up on weird words and translations and stuff. So when I was reading that um, about though he was God, but he emptied himself or yeah. When I was reading this, I'm like, okay, do, does that mean he stopped being God? Right. And so what's the answer? <laughs> that is, that is the question. That's, that's part of why this is such a big debated thing. Like is, he emptied himself of being divine and became human. He's so, so like, the, what, what are the, we talking about? The here? NLT has the interpretation that I think we would probably use here at grace. Like if I was preaching this, this is probably where I would go. It says in NLT that he gave up his divine privileges. So what that essentially means to me is that, that when he emptied himself, he stopped having all of the, the privileges and the rights that would come from being God. So he, some people would say that would mean that like he chose not to use his supernatural abilities. Uh, some people would say that he actually in some way so emptied himself that he had no supernatural abilities beyond what every one of us could have through mm -hmm. the Holy spirit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, mm. it's a mystery. It's a really great thing to, to coo on like a dove. Uh, and then when you, when you, when you 
ask that question and then you look at uh, the culture and the world that we just talked about, you're like, okay, who did these people think were divine? Caesar. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. He emptied himself of being divine. Maybe he emptied himself of like what we would, what we would consider divine. So there's like right. this new version of being divine. Right. And that is obedience. So like that is what it means to be divine is, uh, is the approach that Jesus took to being divine was through humility and obedience. Like it's a new version of what right. you guys even right. consider divine. Right. And it was in, if you look at this sort of uh, descent and then ascent in, in this passage, Jesus or Christ goes from being God to uh, being a slave, to being a human, to dying. But then through that, that humiliation, mm-hmm. he then is exalted. He becomes Lord. He becomes King. So, Somehow Christ, who is preexistent, who's, who is God himself is through death and humiliation Mm -hmm. is Lord. And so it's this like really interesting. This is like really meaty theological Mm -hmm. stuff where you're like, man, this is the God that we follow. And frankly, it caused a lot of confusion for a lot of people to try to understand how one monotheistic God could be three persons and this is like i mean this is still confusing it still is but like it took the first like three or four hundred years of the church debating and discussing this and there were like wars fought between people that disagreed on this like this is this is big stuff and little side note 500 years after paul was writing this uh there was so much confusion and sloppiness in theology that was happening in like the the eastern reaches like over in like the the Arabian area that um, a new person came up and decided, no, we need to get back to the roots of monotheism. And his name was Muhammad and he Mm -hmm. created a new religion that was strictly monotheistic that didn't mess around with this whole three persons Mm -hmm. business because everybody was so sloppy with it at the time in his area. And that's how Islam was born. That's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why Islam was born. So um, I find that interesting. Some Mm -hmm. of this, you know, this isn't something we can hold lightly. We really have to wrestle with it and chew on it. I, I, if I'm a listener listening to this and I'm trying to participate my best in BYOB, yeah. I'm thinking that is way too much. Yeah, we went way that too far. That is way too much. But you know what? Like, if I can talk like this <laughs> and I can ask these questions, yeah, literally anyone in the world can because I spent 12 minutes this morning reading this. Yeah. Uh, these I didn't, are the questions you already. Yeah, these to. questions I'm asking, yeah. uh, mm. the whole culture, the whole world behind. Like, I literally spent 12 minutes. I time myself, and these are the questions I'm asking today. Mm. Um, and imagine what questions I'll have tomorrow if I'm reading it right. again tomorrow. You know, like literally anybody can do this. It doesn't. It doesn't require. Um, you just to, to spend three hours trying to figure all this out and ask these questions and get right. answers to. You can spend that much time if you want, but you could also spend a good ten minutes. And look at how fun it is to do with friends. So yeah. much fun with friends yeah. and yeah. fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you're right. This is this is the point. Answers are not the reason we do this. It's the questions. It yeah. forces us to expand our mind and to mm-hmm. to look at things in new way. And I mean. Already, all three of us are, are thinking about Jesus Christ slightly differently just because we're asking these questions. It yeah. forces us to. Um, but but you know what? Let's yeah, because that's crazy. And we're asking different questions reading the same passage. Right, exactly. So what? Yeah. <laughs> so what we have to do now, let's do it. Let's turn the page and really quickly talk about the, the world in front of the text. Okay. 
So this passage is, is basically saying we have to have the humility of Christ and when it comes to interacting with each other. We need to, to, to not be selfish, not try to impress other people to like pursue humility instead of, instead of dignity. So what, what is the world in front of the text for you guys? And I'll give you the, the most obvious one that I came to for myself, especially with don't be selfish, don't try to impress others with yeah. that verse. Okay, thinking about all of this, I realized when I post something on social media, how often I check whether it's whether it's my stuff or Humphrey's Instagram page. I, I obsessively <laughs> check to see how many likes it gets, mm. and yeah. I don't know Chasing why. Chasing likes, man. It doesn't matter. Like that does not matter right. like, at all. And yet I find my. I mean, and part of it is that these apps are designed yeah. to make you want to. Yes. It's the first thing that you check. It's that big bright little number mm-hmm. that shows up at the bottom. And I re- and I realized like okay, if if nothing else today, this passage is going to make me realize maybe I need to give the whole social media thing another think before I uh, go so, you know, headfirst into pursuing uh, numbers of likes. Well, I think it's just perspective. I mean, you can participate. I think you can participate in social media without, with a humble approach or humble attitude. I think you can do it. A lot of people's response is like, well, got to get rid of it. No, I don't think it has to happen. Right. It's more, but yeah, it's more about how I consider it. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't be like so, annoyed when this like artfully crafted photo of Humphrey staring out the window longingly dreaming of watermelon (laughs) that 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 only gets like 45 likes and I'm like come on people this is good stuff (laughs) this is good stuff (laughs) yeah I'm I'm being ridiculous but you get what I'm saying I totally get it like you still why does this matter so much like why am I trying to impress other people yep so for me it's like this speaks to the core of my eight brokenness mm-hmm. where it's like I want people to know that I know what I'm talking about right and yeah. we're talking about a bunch of stuff now in Philippians that I have no idea what we're talking about but talking about humility and unity and not trying to impress other people like that is at my most broken moment I am trying to impress you with my wit or my smarts or your podcast or intros my, yeah my podcast intro well yeah the grilling grilling your dominance in board games yeah (laughs) yeah yeah for sure is is like i'm trying to i'm trying to make be known by somebody who can contribute to any type of conversation because i my my knowledge is like so impressive right but i want that soundbite by the way my knowledge is so impressive my knowledge is like so impressive (laughs) (laughs) uh so this speaks to my broken self where it's more important to be humble. It's more important to have like-mindedness with, with other believers than try to impress them with how much I know or um, how funny I am or how witty or how smart, you know, how intelligent, um, how quick I can recall knowledge. Like it's way more important for me to be humble and I'm accomplishing way more if I can be like minds with other believers. So this speaks right to the core of my worst self. Dividing between spirit and soul and bone and marrow. Is it doing it? It's doing uh, I it. think that's what I feel. Or I had too much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen last week, Maren was referencing the verse that she quoted yeah. from Hebrews about what scripture does. And yeah. Is. And you are basically saying that it pierces the, you know, depths of your brokenness. Yeah. So there it is. The Bible doing what it does. What about you, Maren? What's your uh, world in front of? What's your takeaway? I'm looking at 
verses 10 and 11, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth, every knee and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm still thinking about the boldness with which he penned these words. Mm. I'm thinking about um, just the culture that we live in here in the U.S. and how it, it's just becoming more and more and more difficult for people to have this kind of boldness. Mm-hmm. Um, they are afraid of um, alienating their neighbors. They're afraid of being, you know, just kind of seen as narrow-minded if if they believe that Christ is the only way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm. that's what I'm thinking. That's my world. My world right now is just humility and boldness in tandem. How can I be this every day, like wherever I go? How can I be this on social media? How can I be this to my neighbors? How can I be this to my kids and my kids' friends? How can I be humble and at the same time bold? Yeah. Yeah, what's the answer? I'm just kidding. I don't know what the answer is. Chewing? I'm chewing right now. Okay. No, I mean, this this is why we do this. This is why we read this. It, It confronts us by the power of the Holy Spirit with the questions that God wants us to mull over. And that the three of us have come away with very different questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Holy Spirit is right here live on the podcast doing his work. Yep. The Bible literally <laughs> has headphones on. It's still in the chair next from to the me. last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, this is good stuff. I love doing this, this stuff. And like I said, you can put as much or as little work into it, but as lo- the point is to put work into it. Because I think it's really cool that the three of us are chewing on on different things just from the same same passage. I think that's cool. And the people tuning into Facebook Live, like there's 2,500 people that are chewing on different things, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for stirring us up, Barry. This is awesome. Hey, thanks for thanks. stirring us right up. I enjoy it. This is, this is my jam. I love this stuff. Uh, by the way. Read everybody, go read Isaiah 45, 23, and you'll see where Paul got the whole idea of the knees and the tongues. Say what? Isaiah 43. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Isaiah 45, 23. knees and tongues? The knees and the tongues. Every knee should bow and every oh. tongue declare. Oh, hey. That's a quote from, from Isaiah. So people are like, yep, this dude's in. He's quoting Isaiah. Well, yeah, but it's in context. Knees and tongues. Oh, no. Right. (laughs) But the context is the Israelites in exile wondering when God will ever rescue them. Mm -hmm. And he says, like, guys, I'm the Lord of all and every knee is going to bow to me and every tongue is going to confess to me one day. Eat it, haters. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Chew on it. World of the text. My favorite world. Yeah. I know that Dave talked about resources. Yeah. Last weekend. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the resources that we individually use. I've already talked about one, the Philippians for everyone. We're going to post these resources on the show notes. So when you're looking at your podcast or like you're listening to it and you go to the description, there's going to be just 
a list of the resources that we talk about here and maybe some that Dave talked about. And can we put them on the BYOB page as well? Nope. Oh, Just please. No, yeah, we, yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. So what, what, what are you guys using? What do you guys do when you dive into stuff like this? Is it just the Bible or where are you looking? Um, well, I have a Strong's Concordance that is big and that is, you know, very weighty. Um, but I hardly need it anymore because now I have a smartphone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, Bibles. Do you have apps? I don't have a lot of Bible apps. I have the Bible app. The U version. Um, U version, right? Um, but in addition to that, biblehub.com. I go there a lot. Um, I like that it can give me, um, if like right now I've got Roman 12, 16 pulled up on my phone and I've got NIV, NLT, ESV, Berean Study Bible, Berean Literal Bible, NASB, like just every translation is mm-hmm. right here for me to do what you did earlier and compare the yeah. scriptures from one version to another to see their similarities, to see their, you know, slight differences in, in the way that they're worded. Um, and then also at biblehub.com, um, you've got access to all sorts of commentaries um, that just breaks it down. You could literally Google Romans twelve sixteen commentary and then boom, like you've just got a million at your fingertips sure. um, and you find the one that's the least confusing and you go with it. Yeah. Uh, I love the NIV cultural backgrounds study Bible. It is. And, and it's one that we recommend and we're going to actually have a copy at each campus. It, it is the, one of the best, most concise uh, resources for the world behind the text because mm. it just it doesn't get into application it doesn't tell you what the passage means all it tells you is in early you know in ancient Israel a cow was worth this many something whatever it is mm-hmm. it's like something relevant to the passage you just read that gives you the sort of what the culture was like what mm. was going on at the time super super convenient uh, and we're selling that in the bookstore right we're selling it at the bookstore and we have a copy at each campus if you want to just check it out and look at it um, I also I mean, this is super nerdy and this is not one that we're recommending, but there's a, I have this book I use for seminary. It's a Bible, but it's the new Oxford annotated Bible using the NRSV. Uh, it, Oxford? It's, Oxford. It's very thick and it's extremely uh, dense. It literally, it's like the the Bible will be in the top like third of the page and the bottom <laughs> is all like commentary stuff. And it gets, re- it's very like scholarly and, and dry. Um, but we it know also, Paul wrote this really nice poem, but let us tell you what yeah, we think about yeah, that. But, yeah. <laughs> but it'll, it'll pretty much give you like the summary of like, these are the different opinions on this, this passage, like in a, in a, in brief, it also has like tables with like dates for historical events and like maps upon maps upon maps and diagrams and, and, and also includes the Apocrypha, the books that didn't make it into the Protestant canon. And so it's, mm. it's neat. We sound like, like Maccabees. It's got the Maccabees. It's got the, <laughs> it's got the wisdom of Sirach and the shepherd of Hermas. And all now, my, now, my we're just, now we're just, my grandmother's crazy. Catholic. And the first time I cracked open her Bible and saw like, Maccabees. what is this? Yeah. What are these? Yeah. Yes. yeah. I don't know what you guys are saying. <laughs> watch, saying watch the very first, uh, by, um, Bible project video that we linked to on the BYOB page. And it explains, what these other writings are in such a great way. Mm. It's, I can't stop talking about these videos. Yeah, please, they're great. please watch them. They're amazing. The videos are great and mm-hmm. like informative, but also like really well put together. Like yeah. they, they, they're animated. Yeah. And um, the imagery they use is really provocative yes. and, and yeah, it's brilliant. It's one of those things that you're like, 
Ah, why didn't I think of that? Technically, I did. This was my idea, but they beat <laughs> okay. me. But they beat me to it. Yeah, so. <laughs> like and it's such a it. great idea. Why is this just now becoming a thing? I like, know. why didn't somebody think about this twenty years ago? Right? Yeah, Maybe they cool. did. I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I'm not trying to say claim that this was my idea. They they did it way better than I ever could do. Speaking so. of my brokenness, gotta be, gotta be I definitely humble. want people to think this is my idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, where are we going from here? Uh, next week we dive into the different genres. It's going to be good. We're going to start with um, gospels. So uh, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Dad will be teaching that, and mm-hmm. it will be uh, a look at some sort of like what to do when you open up your Bible and want to read one of the gospels. What do you keep in mind? What is it? what were the purposes of these books and what do we need to keep in mind as we read them and study them? Um, cool. We'll, so we'll start with the gospels. Yep. And then we'll have another passage to look at, um, which should be good. And so Dave will be here and I think we're, we're starting our guest lineup. We've got a special guest coming in that will, will kind of be the trend the rest of the summer where we're bringing in folks just like you, dear listener, just like us, just like us. And so, um, we're going to figure out what are they, what are their rhythms? How do they look at this stuff? What's, where are they, what are they noticing? And so it'll just be another extension of the Facebook live thing where folks who, who enjoy looking at the Bible, we get, we'll get to peek into their brains a little bit about how they address these types of things. And so I think it'll be great. Um, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that this is, uh, well, I'm on the beach and uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of you and thanking you and just so grateful that you would uh, be dedicated listeners week after week. And so thank you. This podcast does not exist without you. Um, we, we, I love seeing all the feedback and questions and comments that are coming through um, on the betweensundays.us page you can you could submit your question or what you're learning or what you're reading or what you think of the show that kind of stuff so do that and be sure to catch barry on tuesday mornings on facebook live if you missed it at 7 30 in the morning that the all those videos are archived so you can go back and watch them but uh yeah be sure to do that anything else guys before we get out of here i know we said this was going to be short and sweet but we're like an hour deep oh wow it's the bible man it's talking yeah no, I've got nothing else. Let's All right. let's let our listeners go. Marin. Do justly. Love mercy and walk humbly with thy God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs>